0: It is time to talk some NRL fantasy for the first time in 2021, a new year, some exciting changes afoot. Chris Kennedy and Dom Brock in the studio to talk through it all. Don, good to see you. It's been a while.
1: It's been a very long time, yeah. Back in the studio for the first time in uh, almost a year and back talking fantasy. Plenty of talking points already for... Fantasy 2021.
0: Why don't we, uh, we're going to go through some positional stuff uh, today, but let's get into the changes first. Um, Talk us through what the the biggest and most sort of important are.
1: Yeah, so the two big ones are uh, new positions in the forwards and a new uh, scoring category for forced turnovers. So the position thing, uh, front rowers, back rowers are now gone. There's now middle forwards and edge forwards, which changes things uh, a bit. Um, I guess the main factor is that it's no longer... You know, know, a bunch of second rowers that you can stack in your team and then pick, you know, Payne Haas and someone else in in the props. There's now plenty of uh, big scorers in both those two key positions. So that'll change things a little in the early part. And then, uh, yeah, the forced turnovers, four points for a strip or a turnover tackle or an intercept, which, yeah. We'll see how much that changes the game this year.
0: In terms of the, the middle and edge side of things, it's mainly the locks, right? Like, you used to be able to have your Tamalolos and Jairos, these sort of guys, Cameron Murray's, or he's still going to be dual, but um, those guys were all back rowers because they wore the number 13, yeah. but now that they're sort of... The, the lock is viewed as the third middle forward, the, the locks are all with the props now, so the, the edge forwards are those second rowers, like your you know your Crichtons and your Madisons.
1: Yeah, you're legit edge forwards, yeah. You have to pick in the team. So... Uh, yeah, it is interesting. It means there's fewer, I think, dual position players this year than in previous years because of those, you know, lock slash prop guys are now in uh, the one position. Uh, in terms of your, pick your starting squad, I think there's probably more gun scorers in the middles and more cheapies mm. on the edge, so that'll change things a little. But. Um Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out across the season.
0: In terms of the new scoring category, I don't know if I can take credit for this, but I certainly have been (laughs) on the campaign for as long as I can remember that we need some kind of reward for those big plays that earn your team possession, whether it's an intercept, whether it's a a steal or just a a big hit that that knocks the the ball out and forces an error and gets the ball for your team. So like you said, it'll be interesting to see actually how much of an impact it has and and which players I think... um, uh, there's been some numbers crunched on who who might be most affected but um, you yeah, know how big of an effect it has throughout the, the season I guess we'll wait and see
1: yeah i think it'll have a bigger effect on individual weeks maybe individual head to head matchups you know one or two big players could change things but across the season i don't think it's going to you know make mid-range players into keepers or anything so guys like Josh Hodgson who's got a really good reputation for getting one on one strips not so much last year but the year before mm. he was easily the best in the comp he'll get a little boost um, guys who had a lot of turnover tackles last year were um, kind of some unusual names but Jerome Hughes, uh, Tom Trebojevic had a bunch as well so those guys got a little bump maybe three maybe four points a game uh, of an increase you know based on last year's numbers so uh, yeah I don't think it, it makes a massive difference to who you pick in the starting squad but it yeah. might be a little factor that bumps up some of those players
0: yeah. and those haven't been factored into the prices so yeah. the prices have been scaled based on you know games missed or averages last year or, or whatever but they haven't factored in the new
1: scoring category yep that's a good point so guys like Tommy Tombo are a little more undervalued than, um, than he was already So today we're talking about the uh, hookers and middle forwards.
0: So we're just going to run through the top 10 in both uh, categories of the most picked players and then throw in a few who aren't in the top 10 who we think might be worth consideration. Um, Starting off with the hookers, uh, one of the most popular players in the game right now, Jacob Little from the West Tigers, extremely cheap at 3 or 4K um, in 28% of teams right now.
1: Yeah, and he should be in more. Yeah, must-have player, I think, break-even of... 23, uh, didn't get much game time last year because of injury and then Harry Grant was obviously uh, a star at the Tigers last year but he's the new 80-minute hooker presumably for the whole season if he stays fit, very cheap as you say, should be in your squad some Mm.
0: Obviously, yeah, Harry Grant's gone. Josh Reynolds is gone. There's, um, I think, Jake Simpkin is around Mm -hmm. the squad. They do have other number nine options, but you'd think little, if not 80 minutes from the start, at least sort of 60-plus minutes. His injury history, obviously, is a concern, but at 3 or 4K, I guess the worst it's going to cost you is a a trade. He's going to make money as long as he gets some time on the field. Uh, Coming in at number two, uh, Connor Watson, who is available as a, a dual position player.
1: Yeah, so he's a uh, hooker and a middle, Um, looks likely to play lock, it sounds like starting lock possibly this year, which was a little bit of a surprise when that uh, news first broke. Um, He's kind of one of those ultimate utility bench Mm. players as well, so regardless, I think he's going to play big minutes wherever he starts and uh, can score really well, should score around 45 would be my guess, break even in the mid-20s, so again, really good value.
0: He sort of moved into the lock role this time last year, but he was doing it off the bench. I think he only got two games there yeah. before you know, he was injured and then he had to cover at Hooker because the hookers were injured and then he got injured again and was out for the season. So I haven't really seen a lot of him actually playing lock, but um, I actually went up to the Newcastle Media Day uh, not too long ago and spoke to him about this and he was really um, really looking forward to it. He said he likes the, you know, getting around the, the middle and using his pace and sort of, creative skills so he's a very different sort of lock to your yeah. Malolo It's probably a bit more comparable he's not going to so
1: get a lot of tackles but his tackle breaks are, are pretty high for
0: yeah from middle forward, so he's not going to be you know 200 meters a game, but a few busts and a few yep. assists, and um, you know a fair number of tackles. And you know even if he starts and plays 50 or 60 minutes, he should make some uh, some good cash. Uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon injured as well, so if there was any doubt about him playing yep. in that that starting pack, it's probably um, eased with that news as well. Um, and his teammate uh, Jaden Brayley, the third most picked hooker at this point.
1: Yeah, another really simple selection, I think. Uh, very cheap after playing the first two rounds last year, then got injured for the season, which means he hasn't played in the six again era. That mm. that real change really changed fantasy quite a bit last year. The middle, you know, these two positions, hookers and middles, got a big bump with um, a lot more tackles in the middle of the park. So, yeah, Braley traditionally scores 40, low 40s. Um, break even is 31. I think he'll score mid-40s probably mm. um, playing 80 at the night. So, yeah, very good uh, option to start starting hooker.
0: Yeah, it looks like they're probably going to be eyeing him off for, a, if not 80, then they're pretty close to it with, um, with yep. Watson playing at, at locks. So um, should get some good minutes there. Uh, coming in at four, the first out and out gun, even though he's only played one season, basically, uh, Harry Grant, who's gone back to the storm.
1: Yeah, so he was terrific last year. Um, you know, one of those few cash cows that becomes an instant gun in fantasy. Mm. So uh, must-have player as soon as he... Uh, as soon as he got picked this year, he's an interesting one. So he's break-even 61, which, you know, is very high, but he is one of those elite hookers. Um, there's a chance his attacking stats go up a bit at the Storm mm. compared to the Tigers. He didn't have that many. He got three tries, five-try assists. Those prob- numbers would probably go up a little. His tackle counts might go down, so that could balance it out. But, um, yeah, if you want a, a keeper, you know, the next guy on this list is good too. But Grant's not a bad option, I think, mm. for the start of the season.
0: It's, uh, it's an interesting one. He was such a go-to at the Tigers, and I guess with due respect to the players that are mm. there, when you take him to Melbourne and you've got yeah. Pappenhausen, Munster, Hughes, these sort of guys around him, maybe they won't need him to do as much yeah, stuff as true. he did at the Tigers. But then again, if they're you know, a better, more attacking team and on the front foot more, then maybe he actually has more chances to create. So it could go either way, I think. But um, yeah, you touched on the next one, uh, another big gun. Damien Cook's been one of the fantasy elites for a number of years.
1: Yeah, so scores in the mid-60s. Um, he was the best player in fantasy, what, three years ago uh, with heaps of uh, run metres, line breaks and the like. Um, under Wayne Bennett, he's changed a little bit more of a, a playmaker than, a, than mm. a runner. He still gets pretty good run, run metre numbers, but not you know astronomical 100 metres plus every week. Uh, still, his scoring has stayed pretty consistent, so uh, you'd have to expect he gets mid-60s again this year.
0: <coughs> It's probably um, part of it is going to be coaching, but part of it's probably a little bit just his evolution as a player. Like it's not the running game that he had, that's not sustainable over a a 10-year career, just wearing himself into the ground. So I guess being a bit more selective and and working on his passing game a bit more. I think his assists have gone up even as his run meters have dropped off. So, yeah, still definitely elite. Um, The next guy on the list I don't think will be in my squad to start with, but he is very cheap, uh, Joshua Cook, also at the Rabbitohs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Being kind, you could say a lot of people are auto-picking their teams and (laughs) get him by random. Uh, Hopefully not too many people are uh, mistaking Josh Cook for (laughs) Damien Cook and thinking he's very cheap. So, yeah, if he's in your team, get him out of your team.
0: Yeah, he's in almost 12% of sides at the moment. I expect that to drop significantly once the season actually starts. Um, Brandon Smith uh, currently at the Storm, 602k in almost 9% of teams.
1: Yeah, I don't know about this one. Um, he's obviously a popular player, you know, mm. in real life. Um, he's a lot cheaper than, you know, your cooks and grants and the like. I don't really see a massive amount of upside. No. This role is going to be pretty similar to the last few years. You know, playing at lock. Harry Grant's got that hooker spot sewn up, I think. So, yeah, mm. I'd be avoiding Smith personally. Well, I mean,
0: Harry Grant's the nine. Dale Finucane, who missed a lot of last year, is back from injury to yeah. presumably be the 13. Then you've got your you know, Bromiches and Asper Solomon playing big minutes at prop. I just I see, assuming nothing happens with his contract this year, he's going to be that impact guy off the bench. Even if he plays 50 or 60 minutes, he's going to get the odd big score and then plenty of sort of 30s as well. So yeah. a bit of risk there for me. Um, oh, dear, the next guy... <laughs> Uh, Cameron McInnes is still in 8% of teams, but um, he'll be one that uh, you want to get out before round one.
1: Yeah, out for the season. He was actually in my team before that, despite all the um, speculation about uh, Mm. his future, but yeah, out for the season trade it's a real pity
0: yeah it's a huge shame absolute elite of fantasy I got him real early last year and he did great um, things for my team Um, and you know good bloke as well hate to see him out for the year but um, he is sideline so get him out of your fantasy side then comes Appy Coraceau who was uh, in a lot of teams and made a lot of money for a lot of coaches last year but that's all sort of priced in this year 805k and he's in close to 8% of teams
1: yeah a bit like Grant Um, last year was his big breakout year it was a great value and a great scorer I don't see a lot of upside this year. I mean, everything went right for the Panthers on the field uh, during the regular season last year. So I don't know if he can really improve on those numbers. Maybe Mm. if they struggle a bit more, he gets more tackles. But his running game was so good as well, and assists and breaks and the like. So, yeah, I'll be steering clear of him, I think. I think either spend a little more for Cook or Grant or or go for the cheapest. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Rounding out the top 10, Josh Hodgson, back from his uh, ACL injury. 502K is reasonably cheap, and he's in about 7% of teams.
1: Yeah, I wonder how much of this is the the new strip rule um, bumping up his stocks a little with people, uh, or he's just a a good NRL player who's pretty cheap, and people who haven't played fantasy much think he might be a, a star. He kind of isn't. He's one of those guys who's better in real life than he is at fantasy, so... Um, I mean, there's some upside because, what's his break even in the th- high 30s? So, 30, yeah. yeah, so I think he'll score mid-40s, I mean, possibly 50, which in which case he's kind of a cash cow, but um, I don't know if he's got quite the upside that some mm. of the cheaper guys, Little, Watson, Bradley yeah. have.
0: I mean, he played nine games last year, so it's like he's in at a huge yeah. sort of discount. Um, interesting to see how that pans out, but I think yeah, better options elsewhere for mine. Uh, that rounds out the top ten, but uh, who else that's outside the top ten has caught your eye?
1: Well In at eleven is Wade Egan uh, at the Warriors, who has not been a world beater in fantasy in the past, but it looks like he's got the 80 minutes. He's, um, his competitors for those the hooker role have um, dropped out basically uh, at the Warriors, so if he plays 80, he should score 40-45 points. 80 minute hookers make a lot of tackles under the six again rule now so uh, break even in the low 30s, there's some upside there You've had Egan in the past? You had him last year? I
0: started last year with yeah. him and um, was regretting it a lot. And then he just, every sort of third week or so, he'd find a had decent a score to keep it ticking along. And he had one game where he, he scored a try and had a bunch. Of, it was one of those barge over tries with sort of three busts and a line break and a try. And he got whatever it was, 60 something. Yeah. And I sold a week or two after that for a profit. Any interest this year? No. Yeah, not okay. at all. Moving on. Um, I mean, that's probably the main guys, I
1: man. I, I think one more is. Um, Possibly new dragon Andrew McCulloch. He's already expensive, isn't he's expensive, is he? He's expensive, but. 724. Yeah, so his break even is 54, which is pretty high. Um, mm. Last year, he played uh, maybe nine games, but a couple were, were very limited minutes with injuries. He's had yeah. pretty bad injuries the last few years. Yeah. Um, he's 31 years old, so there's every you know, chance those injuries continue. But when he did play 80 minutes last year, he scored 65 points a game. Interesting. So You'd
0: expect he, probably 80 minutes this year, right?
1: You would think so, yeah. Mm. That's the the plan. So, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting one. He's, As I said, his injury record's bad. And and if you buy him, you want him to be a keeper pretty much. Yeah. So you want him to, to survive all season. But there is upside there. I don't know how many ta- attacking stats he's going to get this year. But, you know, if you don't like the Dragons' chances, he might be making a lot of tackles. And he's mm. a bit of a tackle machine. So, yeah, kind of a... A cut-price keeper option mm. with they, some risk.
0: They do have to replace those 70 tackles a week that McInnes was Absolutely. making as well. So, yeah, It's not a bad shout. Any love for uh, Mitch Rain up there at the Titans could be a, a big-minute role for him.
1: 589 k Yeah, I, I probably won't at the start of the year. They do like using utilities. They used, I like they used four hookers last year. Or, yeah. Um, well, um, I mean,
0: is no longer on the, the roster, and yeah. Aaron Clark, I don't think, is... Um, going to push rain out of... If he
1: gets time. 80 minutes, yeah, he's, he's good value, but I guess we'll know by round one whether there's a hooker on the bench, a utility on the bench for the Titans.
0: No sneaky cheapies that we're missing. I mean, obviously cheapies will come into it if there's a, an injury to a starting guy, but...
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the main ones from this point.
0: Take a look at the, uh, the middle forwards. There'll be a couple of overlaps um, with a few of the dual positions, but uh, most... Picked middle forward 33.5 percent of teams. Speaking of the Titans, it's Tino Faso Aoi at
1: 574k. Big Tino, I think he's the second most owned player in the game at the moment. Mm. Um, and you can kind of see why he's uh, he played on the bench for most of the season, at least the first half of the season. Uh, for the Storm last year, Is one of the big signings for the Titans, obviously. Um, he uh, averaged 55 points a game when he played more than 50 minutes. Uh, but his break even's 43, so good mm. value if that keeps up. He did score a fair few tries. He got four tries yeah. in his eight games above 50 minutes. So unless you think he's going to score a try every second game, I don't know if he's necessarily going to keep that kind of scoring up. Yeah. And if he scores high 40s or 50, it's not really worth it at his price. So. Mm. He's not in my team at the moment. I can see why he's in a lot of teams, but I think there's probably, you know, better keepers and, and better moneymakers elsewhere. It's
0: just that awkward price where he's yeah. not cheap enough to be a, a real moneymaker. And like you said, you want him at that price to be basically a, a keeper. Um, a sh- he was playing like eight and ten minutes a game at the start of yeah. last year. They had so many big minute forwards and it's like, he's going to be really good yep. like next year and then second half of the season, couple of injuries, bang, he's scoring he just exploded, and putting yeah. in 60-point games and it's sort of ruined his price. Real pity that he was yeah. so good at the end of last yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Tino. Um, second most owned is Connor Watson who we've spoken about. Third most owned Here's one who's definitely not in my team, but he's been elite in the past. Jason at Tamalolo at 8.27k.
1: Yeah, he'll be in my team at some point, but not at the start of the season. Uh, all the talk out of the Cowboys under new coach Doug Baton is that Tamalolo's minutes will drop this year. It's all about uh, quality rather than quantity, which is not what you want as a fantasy coach. But no. As much, as much quantity as possible. So, yeah, uh, less minutes. Um, I think he averages 50 when playing less than 60 minutes and his break-even is 62. So he should get a fair bit cheaper in the first few rounds. Um, it could still be one to pick up later on. Mm.
0: Now, this guy is in my team at the moment, although I'm not sure how he's going to go. At 405k, dual position in 17% of teams, Warriors recruit Ben Murdoch-Masila.
1: An interesting one, isn't it? So he's been really good in the Super League by all accounts, yeah. which doesn't necessarily mean much, but... Um, but you know good sign and then uh, talk has been training on an edge for the Warriors so if he gets a starting spot there that's you know 80 minutes if he's um, he's pretty good price as you said so break even of 30 most edge forwards score 40 mm. uh, you know and up so certainly some upside we'll get a better look at what the Warriors forward pack's looking like you know as the trials happen yeah. in a few weeks so uh, yeah he's in my team as well he's a dual position player as well which is handy as you said I think those who remember him from the NRL
0: kind of picture him as a prop and I'm pretty sure he was playing front row for Tonga Mm -hmm. when we saw him a year or two ago down here and he was playing really well then he's such a a big unit I think everyone just assumed he was a prop but I I checked and he's mostly been playing edge over in the Super League I was on a um, a Zoom media call with Nathan Brown a couple weeks ago and he said Murdoch Masila pretty much exclusively training on an edge so I guess what that means is his minutes should be good. You don't really want to pick an edge forward who's only going to play 40 minutes, so you'd think he's going to get 60 plus. Um, Less sort of points per minute involvement, but if he gets a bit of space and he can bust a few tackles, then, um, you know, it could be really handy. Yep. Um, Speaking of playing on an edge and busting tackles, Angus Crichton is the next most owned edge, uh, sorry, middle forward. uh, Another dual position, 833k in 17% of teams.
1: Yeah, so you can pick him on an edge or in the middle. That's where he's been, you know splitting his time for the Roosters the last couple of years. Um, yeah, I think he's a really good one. So he at least, I don't think he's going to go backwards from mm. where he is. He's been a fantasy star in the past, um, especially uh, at Souths. He hasn't quite hit those heights of the Roosters, but then again, he averaged 62 last year, which was mm. really good, just not quite as good as the um, the very top scorers. But yeah, Boyd Corner being out means he's a, mm. a you know got a bigger role as one of their real strike weapons yeah. on the edge.
0: Um, well, his biggest problem was that three into two with Cordner and yeah. Mitch Orbison, who are both just absolute yeah. legends of the roosters, sort of commanding those spots. Yeah, Orbison almost as much on seniority as, as anything, but like you said, Cordner out for about what, 12 weeks and then Orbison's retired. So Crichton's their, their main guy on an edge yep. now, you'd think.
1: Yeah, So, and the fact he's available in both positions means he's a, a very handy keeper you can lock in straight away. You know, potential captaincy option as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I quite like him as a buy. Uh, Don't think he's going to go up or anything, but he's not going to drop like, yeah, Tama
0: He could, uh, I mean, he's not going to make hundreds of thousands, but he could go up a a little bit if he's playing sort of 80 most weeks and getting those attacking stats. Um, Next on the list, another dual position forward this year, Cam Murray, 722K in 12.5% of teams.
1: Yeah, so he's kind of similar to Crichton, but cheaper and not quite as good. (laughs) Um, Dual position as well. But uh, yes, yeah, so it looks like he's going to start at lock this year, even with Dre arrow there. I don't know what his minute's going to be like. The Rabidos forward pack is uh, getting better, so he might not be needed for more than 50, 55 minutes mm. a game. Uh, really good player obviously but I think he might keep those scores in the 50s rather than pushing up to the 60s in which case he's just a rung below the very best scorers and he's not cheap mm. there's a, it's
0: a few question marks over him for mine they've obviously Bailey Sirinan's gone to the Warriors Jaden Sewer has one edge mm. sewn up the other edge they've either got a turn someone like a, a Colin Matangi yeah. into an edge forward or they've got to bring in, is it Jed Cartwright in yeah. the squad now? Yeah. Someone like him who's less experienced or someone like Murray or Arrow has to figure out how to play on an edge. So and Murray's it, it, probably done it a bit in the past. Yeah,
1: and it could even be a, a thing where he starts on the edge and then moves into the middle or exactly. something. But yeah, on the edge, he doesn't score nearly as well in fantasy as he does in the middle. So yeah, if he's in the second road, not great. And even if he starts at lock, I'm not quite sure about his minutes. Yeah. So I'll be avoiding him in round one. Yep,
0: same. Um, Next after that is an out-and-out middle forward, Josh Parley at 722k in 11.5% of teams.
1: Uh, Yeah, he's been very good. Scored 54 points a game last year, which is pretty good. I don't think he's going to change much this year, up or down. So kind of, you know, a a keeper that's not quite on the, the top level.
0: Yeah, probably you something. can't really see him going up or, or down, really. You'll, you know, you're sort of getting what you pay for. He'll be good. He'll probably have the odd game where he barges over for a try and scores well, and otherwise he's going to get you those sort of 50 odd points a week. Um, one after that is uh, certainly a cheap option Franklin at Pele at the Sharks.
1: Is he any chance of getting decent game time in that Sharks back? I he's very cheap. Be surprised. Yeah. Maybe another auto-pick player that uh, yeah. is best left out of your squad.
0: Maybe steer clear of him uh, for now. Jack Hetherington at the Bulldogs, though, is in uh, almost 11% of teams. Very cheap, 322000 in love for
1: Big Jack. Not from me. I can see why a lot of people have picked him. Uh, his cameo with the Warriors last year was was really good, um, boosted yep. his stocks a lot. So uh, Again, I just don't know what his game time is going to be like. Mm. Um he was he good in fantasy last year was he a bit of a moneymaker not really okay um well obviously he averaged 25 24 so
0: yeah i don't feel like his minutes i'd have to check the numbers i don't feel like his minutes are ever that good he's more of an impact guy than a workhorse guy which isn't really great for fantasy he's
1: eye-catching when you watch the games but doesn't necessarily get big fantasy scores so yeah probably one to avoid
0: bear in mind they um they're gonna have a few changes in that pack um The English guy who I regret buying, but I've now blocked him. Luke Thompson. He's back in around four or five, so bear that in mind if you're snapping up uh, Jack Hetherington. um, They've got another big minute forward to come into the pack. Good point. Um, Then Torhu Harris, rounding out the top 10 at 807k in 10% of teams.
1: Yeah, he was fantastic last year for the Warriors uh, and in fantasy. Um, He's again available in the second row and at lock. Played primarily in the middle, it seemed, last year, just had massive numbers for. Um, run meters and tackles his base stats were great and can do a bit in attack as well so yeah one of those guys like Crichton I think who could lock in in round one and be pretty comfortable he's going to get 60 points a game. Mm. It's a
0: real point of difference player last mm. year he was hardly in any teams right through the year despite just pumping out very consistent scores don't really see a lot of upside to him but at 807k I think you probably get what you pay for and he's yep. going to be good again um, like I said that's the top 10 anyone else below that?
1: Jackson Ford at the Dragons is
0: yeah, a few rungs
1: down break even in the low 30s looks like he's going to start at uh, in the back row somewhere uh, probably in the second row uh, in round one so could get 40 mid 40s perhaps um, Taoki Aho at the Roosters yep. he's going to kick goals which helps a bit is he going to kick goals? Where- I think he's their best kicker I don't know. Yeah.
0: I, would... I mean, we saw on social media Teddy practising his goal-kicking. I don't yeah. know how serious that is. <laughs> they, they obviously...
1: kick before. I can't remember who for, but he's he's yeah. got a decent... He might be the backup. I mean, they're going to need two kickers if Takio is one of them yeah. because he's not going to play 80 minutes in the middle each week, so they'll need someone else. Maybe it's going to be Tedesco, which yeah. is another reason to get Tedesco, if you weren't thinking of that already. But, um, yeah, he's... And even aside from the goal-kicking... His scores, I think, have improved in the last three years. so He's becoming more of a senior mm. forward of the Roosters, so a bit to like there. Break even at 50, so you kind of want him to get up to close to 60 to be a, a real elite keeper, but the possibilities there. Anything else? Any of the forwards at um, Penrith with Tamo gone? get your interest? I don't really... Looking at Fisher-Harris,
0: because he was... Was it two years ago? He was just... Yeah. He was playing almost 80 minutes of prop and putting up obscene numbers and then sort of really came back to the pack last year. I don't know if he then lips again back to sort of what he was the year before or does someone like a... You know, does a Spencer Lenny at 307k, does yeah. he get more responsibility and have a, a breakout season? I think trials will help with that sort of thing. Like, you know, Isaiah Yo already had his breakout year last year. I, I see Leoto still as that, even if he ends up mm. starting still as that sort of impact half an hour a game yeah. guy rather than a, a big minute guy, but yeah, Lenny, you maybe?
1: I guess the ideal is yeah, Leniu, even off the bench if he gets, you know, he can score 40 points in 40 minutes and he's priced at 23 that would make yeah. him a good, a bit like Toby Rudolph was last year um, Yeah, a really good cash cow, so maybe him, but as you say, we'll, we'll know better in the tri- after the trials and then maybe after round one or two
0: Anyone else as we go down the list? There'll be a breakout somewhere, but...
1: That's all I've got. You got anyone else? It, it's a bit tricky, I think, the middles at the start of the year. You know, a lot of uh, elite scorers, although Cameron Murray... Uh, Cameron, Cameron McGuinness being out really hurts mm. on that front. Uh, but the cheapies, there's not quite as many good cheapies as there are in, in the edge and a few other positions. True. So.
0: I was looking at, um, at Manly because uh, Fenua Blake was their kind of biggest mm. minute middle last year. He's obviously gone to the Warriors. Um, I know Marty Tapao has sort of been a, a frustrating sort of in-and-out guy for a, a few fantasy teams over the years. I don't know if he sort of boosts his minutes back up. To someone like Tanyela Paseca, he's sort of awkwardly priced already. Was it four, almost 500k? But um, he's a guy who's been very impressive when he's got a yeah. chance. If he plays
1: 50 minutes, he'll be pretty good. It's one of those things you really want one player to come in and replace all the minutes that have been... Yeah rather than everyone sharing it around, which is what it could be. Um, yeah, just say you know, Martin power can play more minutes than he has played in the last couple of years, so he could get an extra five minutes a game and then a few others. So it's a bit of a gamble, but, you know, it's a good time to gamble at the start of the year, I mm. suppose. Um, see what happens in the first two rounds and then trade him if they're dead. John Asiata
0: at the Broncos, 300k, very cheap. Does he find his way into the starting pack somehow?
1: Yeah, he probably needs to start to be worth it. Yeah, I don't so. know if he will. Really good player, you know, NRL player, but um, a bit of a wait and see for fantasy, I think. Mm. Tui Kamakamitha, 380k, he probably
0: needs an injury to one of the um, yeah. the main guys. I
1: think he's a benchy. That's
0: yeah. um, all we got for the middles. So we got. We'll be back this time next week with a couple more positional breakdowns. It's been mm-hmm. good to dust off the old studio, get yeah. back and talk some fantasy. A bit rusty after
1: a long pre-season, but I'm we'll out get
0: there. We'll be back at the Eels Dragons trial on Thursday night, so I'll bring back any intel I gather from that one for the podcast next week. Until then, thanks for listening.